Everyone faces challenges every single day. Some are chosen and bring us joy. Some are given to us and bring struggle or pain. Whether the diagnosis of an illness, the news of a friend's death, the loss of a job, or a bike accident, we may be asked to step up to face issues that demand courage and perseverance. Hurt is just one of the many aspects of full lives. Each week on this show, ACT, Taking Hurt to Hope, Dr. Joanne Dahl helps us understand how we can use acceptance and commitment therapy to learn to accept what we cannot change and move forward into a valued life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Joanne Dahl. Welcome to today's program of ACT, Taking Hurt to Hope. Join us today with our guest, Dr. Richard Vixel, who's a clinical psychologist and clinical researcher of pain in children at the Karolinska Institute in Stockholm. Richard has developed a clinical model based on ACT for children and young people with chronic pain. You can read more about Richard on his webpage. Simply click on Richard's name on today's program under webtalkradio.net. Today's program will focus on something we all find very difficult to see, children and young adults suffering from chronic pain. We're going to learn about how common this is, what the causes might be, as well as how Richard and his team at the Karolinska work with children in pain by using acceptance and commitment therapy. Remember that ACT has three major components, accept, choose, and take action. So Richard's going to bring some light into how these children and young people can be helped, uh, taking hurt to hope. Welcome, Richard. Thank you, John. Nice to be here. Richard, I'm curious, uh, what got you interested in, in working with people suffering from pain? Uh, you know, John, I've, I've seen how people can suffer from medical um, problems that just cannot be fixed. And I've seen how life can, um, can become smaller. Um, my mother, um, she's been suffering from severe arthritis for uh, many, many years. And she's been in constant pain. And she is rather disabled and... and uh, Although I, I I can't say that I try to find a cure for her, but but um, it has inspired me in in, in, this, in this work. When I think about act, Richard, um, these components act, choose, and take action. When I think about you, your mother, did you see that um, that pain got a bigger and bigger hold on her life, and that she stopped? doing valuable things that it took over is that is that what you experienced yes um it, it is um you know pain really made it difficult for her to do things that were uh, important to her um, and over the years you know she, she's had her ups and downs but um things like um working and and um uh, she used to do oil paintings and things like that, and and that became very very hard for her to do, um, and also things that were related to family was really difficult for her to to do, um, mm. 
and she's been trying really, really hard to to get back to um, a meaningful and active life, and and that is a struggle every day. And, and, and in fact, I, I think she's doing a great job, and, and I'm proud of her. But I also see that she is really uh, working hard to, to, to make life meaningful. Ricky, is, is that something that's, uh, you know, it sounds almost like act in a nutshell, that um, a symptom like, like pain uh, takes over more and more of your life, and that you have less and less time for doing things that are meaningful to you so it's almost like that the pain is squeezing the life out of you is that is that sort of the act approach to pain yes and i think it's a fair description of how most people experience their pain problems they come into um session and they describe that um, pain is a, a huge problem but but normally we can conclude that there are two problems you know that pain is a problem but also the fact that they're not living the life that they want to live. So they're reacting to pain in a way that, that is the actual problem rather than the pain itself. Is that what you're saying? Yes, and, and um, you can see that um, people react to pain uh, with avoidance. I, I would say that that's a very normal reaction. And... And the paradox is that it becomes sort of a vicious circle. It works short time, short short term, but over time, um, avoiding things that are meaningful, but but that that may also increase pain, uh, becomes a pattern that leads sort of to a downward spiral where you do less and less of the things that you you value, and and, and after a few years you end up having nothing left. Mm. But pain may still be the same. Hmm. Hmm. That sounds really difficult. But we have a we have a lot to cover, Ricker, today. Could could we start off by, if you could explain? You know, we don't usually think of children as being in pain. Not for not chronic pain. Maybe just you know short pain. So how common is it that children have chronic pain? That depends a little bit of, of, of what you include in the definition, but. But first, let me just say that pain can be caused by, by uh, illnesses or, or injuries. Um, and the patients that we see, um, they suffer from pain that really cannot um, be explained by any medical condition. Um, but still, uh, it's, it's a very common problem. The good, the good thing with this type of pain is that it's not dangerous in itself. But the bad thing is that it's, it's very, very difficult to treat and remove that type of pain. And if you look at chronic pain in, in children and adolescents, there are, are, are studies that say different um, things, ranging from 15 to 35 percent. So it's a very common problem. Hmm. So what, what types of pain are, are we talking about? What kind of pain do you, would you see at your clinic? What would be the most common for children? Um, most common is probably headache and, and abdom abdominal pain or stomach pain, but uh, we also see a, a lot of, of children with musculoskeletal pain or, or pain in arms and legs. In fact, um, they have rather similar diagnoses as adults. For example, fibromyalgia. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it's funny, some people think that there are, are great differences between children and adults. But from clinical perspective, 
I, I would say that um, the similarities are, are, are more striking than the differences. So, in fact, from my clinical experience, I, I, you know, there's a saying that children are not small adults, but, but I, I think you can say that adults are big children. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. But could you explain, how, so how do kids um, uh, suffer psychologically from long-term pain? What, what type of consequences are difficult for children? Well, again, I think um, it's, it's pretty much the same as with adults. We, we, we all uh, feel fear and, and sadness and anxiety when we experience pain. That's a very normal reaction and for, for adults as well as, as children. And, and it's quite common that um, patients with pain develop sleep problems, for example. Mm -hmm. um, also children and adolescents. Mm -hmm. And we normally see um, problems with social interactions and physical activities and things like that, which in turn may uh, result in, in depression, for example. Isn't that especially important for children, Richard, if, if you think of... Um since children need to have certain social experiences to, to, to develop, um, I mean, maybe more so than adults, that it should happen within a certain time. Wouldn't, isn't that especially serious if they withdraw socially and become depressed? Oh, yes, I think it is. Um, I, I have to point out, though, that, that not everyone that suffers from chronic pain end up in, in a clinic like, like ours. Most people, uh, most children, they actually manage to go to school and see friends. But there's a subgroup of, of, of kids that, 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 that cannot do that. Um, and I think it's, it's really, really important to um, be aware of the magnitude of this problem. And, and there are studies indicating that if you don't treat them uh, when they are young, the, their problem persists into adulthood. Mm. So I think I think you're you're pointing to something that's really important. We need to focus on this, especially the functioning aspect of it. We need to help them to get back to seeing friends and, and playing sports and going mm. back to school. I think yeah, that sounds important, Richard. You know, I know that you have developed a, a program uh, where you uh, have a pain monster. And I wonder if I think the radio listeners would, could be interested in hearing how actually you do this practically. I think it could help maybe some parents and just you know how how you what you do with this pain monster. Could could we do a a role play that I pretend I'm a child and and you show us how you work with this pain monster? Well, that's a challenge, but we could try. <laughs> um Sure. Um, so let's say that we've um, uh, I've seen you a couple of times, um, and um, I would start by saying something like, "So, Joan, I I'd like to talk to you a little bit about um, the pain monster today." Mm-hmm. That sounds dangerous. Yeah. yeah. The pain monster is is a way um, of, of talking about pain in itself, but also the thoughts and the emotions that comes with it. Um, for example, um, the pain monster might say things like, um, I can't do that, it's going to hurt, it's not going to be worth it. Or, I know that pain monster. Do, so, so you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I was thinking about um, 
the discussion we had last week where you described the party that you, um, uh, you were planning on um, going to, mm. and you, you said no uh, at the last minute. Yeah, because... And the... I was just... Yeah, I was just wondering, did you want to stay home? No. Or was this an example where the pain monsters said that you really should go, you can't? Yeah, it said that I that if I went, I was going to have problems, and then I thought I would be so embarrassed if I if I went there and then had to leave because of the pain, because then everybody would know and right, yeah. better so not all, to go at all. Yeah, so it's almost like it was a little pain monster sitting on your shoulder and telling you all this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not. I'm not sure that the pain monster. It sounds like he is ugly and mean, but uh, but in fact, I think he might be trying to protect you in a way. Um, you know, he, he he doesn't want you to suffer. He wants you to stay out of danger. Mm-hmm. But I want you to think of um, the consequences of doing what he suggests. I mean, if if you were to follow his advice in all situations where he tells you uh, things like he did when you were on your way to the party. Mm-hmm. Where would you end up? What would happen to your life? Oh, that would be awful. I would I'd be end up being home with my parents and uh, I wouldn't have any friends. I wouldn't, maybe wouldn't go to school. I mean, I'd end up like a Oh. Yeah. So maybe we cannot you know, take your pain away, but maybe we can work on how to deal with the pain monster. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe the pain monster will you know, stick around, but I'm not sure that he necessarily have, should decide what you're doing. So you mean I... You mean I should uh, not listen to the pain monster, or what? I think it's going to be very, very hard to to, to throw him out or shut him up. But maybe you can just allow him to be around, but still decide what you want to do with your life. So how how do I decide if I don't listen to the pain monster? Well, we could, we could try to allow him to say the things that he says and still go to that party. So you mean, so when, at the last minute, when when the pay monster said, uh, I, I can't go, that I, that I decide what I want to do anyway. Yeah, what do you think? You want to try? Well, I think the pain monster can be pretty overwhelming sometimes. I'm sure he can. And I'm not saying that it's going to be easy. And I'm not saying that um, the pain monster will disappear. But I know that there are things in your life that you would like to do and that are truly meaningful to you. Yeah. And if you allow the pain monster to uh, 
uh, make you say no to things. Yeah. I think it's going to be very difficult to live the life that you really want to live. That's true. I really do want to have friends and go to school. I'm going to... I don't want to stay home. I don't want to be outside. And we can work on that. Okay. Let's do it. That's good. And I think I think when you work with kids, it's important not to uh, try to fool them and say that it's going to be easy and, and say that um, it will result in less pain. Yeah. Because sometimes you find yourself want to comfort them and, and um, say things that are nice, but at the end of the day, they will probably um, have their pain anyway. Yeah. So, Ricky, would you say that the pain monster is that like a is that like a uh, a, a symbol of negative thoughts around pain, or what, or of my of the child's way of reacting, or what is the pain monster actually? It's just a simple metaphor uh, for talking about uh, the psychological experiences that are um, that that are related to pain. Um, in fact, when we uh, started to uh, talk about the pain monster, the, the children, they found it silly. Mm -hmm. but, but their parents, they loved it. Mm -hmm. they, they thought it was an excellent metaphor and, and an excellent way of describing both the problem, but also um, describing what we, can, what we can work on. Because we cannot really work on uh, reducing pain, but we can work on um, becoming, becoming independent from pain and mm. start taking control over our lives. We cannot control our pain, but we can control how we act and how we behave when mm. it is present. So, so that way we can take um, control over our action and, and, and actually step by step um, getting back to the life that we really would like to live. I, I liked what you said about um, that the pain monster uh, maybe is trying to protect you because it, it made it made me feel like that um, even though I have this pain monster saying these you know pretty ridiculing things that I can't do this and that, but maybe uh, maybe if I saw that monster in a way that even if he sounds pretty scary and but he's actually trying to to help me although he you know he's thinking very short sighted, but uh, it, it it helps me to be more compassionate towards even this monster. Or the thoughts that I'm having. Yeah, in, yeah, I, that's that's sort of um, part of the the plan. But uh, but really, the the acceptance part of, of all this is to to notice and and be willing to have the pain monster around. Mm. And uh, and in fact, I think it's a very uh, strong biological reaction to avoid things that are associated with pain so it's not inherently wrong to experience it like that it's just not functioning mm -hmm. it's not just very uh, efficient when it comes to uh, chronic pain mm. and, it, and, and it sort of leads you away from the things that are meaningful without really solving any problem at all mm -hmm. 
but that doesn't mean that it's 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 evil. It's it's just uh, you know the body or the brain is doing really what it should. Uh, it, it tries to protect you from from a perceived threat or danger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So when in this little role play we did, uh, what what were the parts of the act treatment here? If you think of act, uh, act accept, choose, and take action. What do you accept? Acceptance is a very different word, but it's uh, accepting the pain monsters here, or, or I think kind of willing to be more easy to understand, and, and, and being willing to have a pain monster around is, in a sense, a mess fight. Because we're talking about um, choosing, choosing to act in line with things that are truly meaningful and important, even even when pain is around, and that's choice, and that is taking action. So, so it's not just about an attitude; it's about making real changes and step by step uh, taking back the life that you feel that you lost. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, um, except. Uh, Except the, the the experiences of both um, the actual pain and the thoughts about the pain, um, choosing to go in the direction of, like, for example, going to the party or going out with friends, and actually taking steps would be taking action, regardless of of uh, what the pain monster says. Yeah, and um, when we talk to parents, we uh, in, in summarize. Um, um, the, the support or the coaching that they need to uh, really have to help their child to uh, become independent. And, and we talk about three types of independence. In being independent from the healthcare system, we, we want children not to need us. Uh, and in fact, there was a teenager some, some years ago, he said after 10 years or so, that, um, he came to treatment and said, you know, you know, Rick, I, I, I like you and this has been really great and all that, but, uh, uh, well, you know, uh, I, I, don't, I don't have time for this anymore. <laughs> and that, that, you know, that was one of the great moments in, in my clinical career. And in the same, same way, uh, the, the children, they become overly dependent on their parents. The parents they drive them to school and they, uh, they take care of them. In order for them to have less pain, but but that doesn't work long term. So the coaching from the parents need to be focused on helping the child become more independent. And third, the third type of independence is independence from the pain monster. We cannot, you know, take the monster away, but we can become independent and and make our own choices and decide in what direction we want to go in life, even when the pain monster. Tells us to do differently. Mm-hmm. Well, we're in talking about parents. Uh, uh, what if we had? Uh, I know that you're a parent yourself, Richard, of um, dad of two two children. And uh, and I understand that you know that uh, chronic pain in children is one thing, but also being a parent to child with chronic pain. Is very very challenging. So if we had some parents here tonight uh, with children who are suffering, 
what what kind of advice could you give these parents to bring some hope into this situation? Uh, well, um, I think it's important to point out that um, there there is hope. We see we see children uh, going from being very very disabled by their pain to become um, well functioning, doing things that are really important. See, seeing friends, going to school, playing sports, and sometimes we uh, ask them at the end of the treatment uh, period. Um, uh, so what about the pain? And they say, well, you know, uh, pain uh, is still around. Um, in fact, I have pretty much have the same pain as before. But, you know, that's okay. Because I got my life back. So it doesn't bother me anymore. So there is, there is something worth striving towards, even if we cannot remove pain. And I think that's very important to keep in mind as a parent. What about what about Richard? I mean, you know yourself that as a parent, it's very painful to watch your child in pain. What, could you apply the same act principles to for the parents to help themselves um, in the suffering of watching a child in pain? You know, John, that's a, that's a brilliant question because um, I think that's exactly what we can do uh, for the parents. We can we can teach them, um, you know, the best way of or. Or at least a good way of of coaching their child, um, based on on traditional behavior um, treatment methods, but we can do more than that. We can also work um, with the parents to help them to overcome the psychological obstacles and barriers that that prevents them from being great coaches. Because they they want to be great coaches, but it's hard. It's very very hard to see your child in pain. So sometimes you have to um, do things that 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 hurts uh, inside you. Um, so you're saying actually you might, as a parent, you might even have to um, encourage your child to do something that you know is going to cause them more pain. Yes, uh, as a parent, I think the first thing you need to do is just believe them um, and make sure that they understand that you do believe them, and and you you should be loving, you should be caring. But at the same time, you, you need to be a great coach. And that also means that you, you have to be strong and brave and, and do things uh, that you might not think that you will uh, be able to manage yourself. And, and that might mean uh, or include um, promoting things like uh, uh, walking to school, even if you know that this will uh, probably result in more pain. Mm. And suggesting things that, that, that is very likely to increase pain. All this in order to help your child to become independent and, uh, and, and get a, a large and meaningful and vital life. Mm. So, but I, I think it's very important to keep in mind that it's, it might be as hard for you as a parent as it is for the child. Mm. And be nice to yourself. Don't expect yourself to, to succeed all the time. And don't expect it to, to feel great all mm, the time. Mm. But give, given that, you, you mm. know, you, you're pretty much in this, in this challenge together. So. Mm, mm. I can hear your compassion for the parents as well as the children, Richard. Thank you, Richard, for being with us on the show today. Thank you, Jan. It was great talking to you. You've been listening to Dr. Richard Vixel. 
who's a clinical psychologist and clinical researcher of pain in children at the Karolinska Institute in Stockholm. You can read more about Rickert and his work on his website uh, that you can just click on his name on webtalkradio.net on this program. Life is full of challenges, and none of us wants to, our children to have to suffer. But perhaps the best we can do is to help children to overcome obstacles and get flexible around the challenges uh, that come up and live vital lives together with those challenges. So thank you for today's program. Thank you for joining us today. For more information about Joanne, please see her website at joannedahl.com or click on the host website button in front of you on the webtalkradio.net page. You may also see her books, The Art of Science of Valuing in Psychotherapy, Living Beyond Pain, Using Acceptance and Commitment Therapy to Ease Chronic Pain, Acceptance and Commitment Therapy for Chronic Pain, Values in Action, and Epilepsy, a Behavior Medicine Approach to Assessment and Treatment in Children. All of these are found easily by clicking the cover or going to Amazon.com. We hope you'll join us again soon for another episode of ACT, Taking Hurt to Hope.